The Chiefs 3-0 on top of the AFC West. They win over the Baltimore Ravens. Not the greatest win. Certainly an ugly win, but hey, better to win ugly than lose. Uh, especially against an undefeated team. The Chiefs continuing to win right now. They're 3-0. And one of the best teams in the NFL right now. Welcome into the Chiefs Zone Podcast. I am Farzi Vasugi and he is Zach Stegna. And of course, we've got a great show for you. Going to recap the game between the Kansas City Chiefs and the Baltimore Ravens. The Chiefs, like I said, once again, coming away with another win. A lot of key stats coming out of this game as well that we will read at the end of the podcast as well. Plus, should the Chiefs continue to pursue Jalen Ramsey? We saw a very interesting second half from the Chiefs defense. The... Jaguars did come away with a win on Thursday Night Football. Plus, Antonio Brown has announced his retirement from the NFL and text messages from you guys. We have tons of texts, and we want to get to those, and we have little time to waste. Facebook.com slash Farzin Go to the Facebook page. Give it a like. Follow me on Facebook. Follow me on Twitter at Farzin21. Follow him, Zach Stegenga, on Twitter at ZStegenga. Subscribe to the podcast. And again, the text line, 913-808-2119. Send us a text, and boy, uh, a lot to get into, Zach. How is your Sunday going so far? I mean, Sundays always go better when we win, Fars, so life's good over here. That is awesome, and listen, by the way, uh, you're in New York, obviously, so uh, I'm curious. I don't know if your roommates are Giants fans, or are they also out of towners? I mean, have you heard yeah, any crazy no. reactions? Are people honking, you know, lighting up fireworks for Daniel Jones's first win? Well, I mean, they're not honking any more than normal, and I wouldn't bet on it being for Daniel Jones. But, uh, you know, obviously that's just kind of a fact of life, as I'm sure you know, you've heard on the podcast more than a few times. But, uh, no, one of my roommates is a pretty big Giants fan, and he's been, you know, we've had the conversation a couple times. Uh, actually, not yet since the Jones debut, just because he's been out for the day. But, you know, I just remember laughing about the fact that, you know, we, uh, you know I had called it for week six. Uh, is when Jones would start. And so we've had some laughs about the fact that, like, well, you know, here we go. It's going to be this Sunday. We'll see what happens. Uh, but, yeah, I look forward to getting his thoughts, you know, ideally probably after the podcast is done. This was a really interesting uh, week three in the NFL. Uh, a lot happened, and the Chiefs had a big hand in that. And this was a highly anticipated match between the Chiefs and the Ravens. We're going to get into that in just a moment. Before we do that, real quick reminder, a bit of a change of plans with our Chiefs Kingdom flag giveaways, we've already given away two. We have one more 2019 Chiefs Kingdom flag to give away. It's already up as of Sunday evening at 6 o'clock Central Standard Time uh, on Facebook and Twitter. Because I only have one left, we're just going to do a joint giveaway. Because uh, I know some of you guys are not on Twitter, some of you guys are not on Facebook. So at least we give everyone a chance. I'll pick either Facebook or Twitter and someone on there will win. Again, just on one of the platforms uh, but at least we're giving everyone a chance to get in on this. Uh, the winner will be announced Tuesday at 6 o'clock. And then Tuesday at 7 o'clock, we will give away the 2016 Chiefs Kingdom flag. I mentioned I have this. Uh, I, I was going through my closet and I just found this. It is sealed, never been opened. And I asked on Twitter if you guys wanted it. You guys all said yes, so why not? We will do a giveaway for that. That will be Tuesday at 7 o'clock Central Time. And we'll give a 48-hour window for that as well but enough of that that is already going on on facebook and twitter so go there and sign up for a chance to win uh as far as the game goes between the chiefs and the ravens uh i know the second half was kind of a weird game i saw uh robert from black sports online uh he tweeted that this is a really weird second half between the chiefs and ravens i said well i agree and that seems to be the case a lot of times with the chiefs defense in in these kinds of games but uh the chiefs still pulled it out in the end uh, and I want to get into the pass catchers later because they really did play well. Now, unlike last week with Demarcus Robinson and Sammy Watkins in week one, there wasn't one guy who stood out statistically uh, like Robinson and Watkins did the first two weeks, but uh, this was a collective team effort. And I'm not saying the last two games weren't like that, Zach, but Offensively speaking, uh, it wasn't one guy dominating. Everyone had a hand in contributing in the passing game. But as far as the game itself goes, uh, before we break it down piece by piece, this game was a mix of last week's Raiders game in the first half 
and the Chargers Thursday night football game in the second half last year, with the exception that the Chiefs actually closed it out with a win. Would you agree with that comparison with this game? Yeah, yeah, I think I would, in that, you know, there were moments of absolute, you know, amazingness on our side, and then also moments of, like, you know, just kind of head-scratcher, if that makes any sense. Yeah, this was, to me, and, you know, we've seen this so many times, the Indianapolis loss, the uh, both Titans losses uh, in the regular season and then in the uh, postseason. The last time the Chiefs played them in the regular season, the Chiefs had 14 nothing leads against the Titans both times. Uh, I'm sure I'm forgetting other significant leads that the Chiefs have blown. My point is the Chiefs have been a victim of this so many damn times. It's just... I thought we were done giving up leads. I know the Chargers last year did it, but I don't know. Um, I know a lot of people are concerned, and that's okay. I, I, I mean, I'm always the guy that looks at things half full when we come off a win, but it kind of makes me wonder, is this going to come back to haunt us one day? Because we are seeing a very conservative Chiefs team the last two weeks in the second half. They go off in the second quarter. That's awesome. But then they disappear in the second half. Uh, this game, we saw a little bit more from them, but... Still not enough to at least have that killer instinct from this Chiefs team that we know they're capable of closing out games sooner than the last minute. Absolutely. One of the things that I just, you know, I guess it gives me a little bit of pause um, just when you see the way that we throttle back. Like, that's, you know, I mean, it's nice to have the luxury of being able to do so in a way. Um, the fact that we've been able to be, you know, as dominant as we have been, you know, if you look at the second quarter of that Raiders game last week, or, you know, much of the first half of this game, you know, actually really the second quarter again, uh, you know, you look at just how dominant we look in flashes, but then it feels like we just kind of, you know, let off the gas pedal a little bit. And it's, you know, honestly, I'd like to see us just absolutely, you know, leave it on the gas pedal for the entire game just to see what happens. Uh, and also just to prove that we can. You know, here's my thing. If you do that, and if someone gets hurt, oh boy, uh, you know Twitter's going to have a field day against Andy Reid. But look at teams like the Patriots. I mean, they're leaving their starters in the game, and and they've probably, I mean, they are blowing out everybody. I know they lead the NFL in points, just barely ahead of the Chiefs, and they're hardly giving up a lot of points. I know they've got an easy schedule to start things off, which, by the way, people are complaining that uh, Patriots have a very easy schedule to start off. I am perfectly fine with that because if their tougher games are in December, I mean, that makes it harder on them to finish strong and have a number one seed. Granted, they didn't have a number one seed last year. We know what happened there. But, hey, look, more times than not, I'd rather us have a better chance at the number one seed. And if they have a tougher path to the one seed... Hey, I'm fine with that, but uh, my, my point is we, we're seeing the Patriots leave their starters in the game. At what point do you say, okay, the game is over. We don't need to keep firing away. Let's take the starters off the field because you do have to think about injuries too. I mean, to be fair, today the Patriots did for at least a series uh, put in their uh, backup quarterback who threw his first touchdown ever. Unfortunately, he threw that touchdown to the Jets, so... Yeah, that's a little unfortunate. I mean, hilarious, but yeah, certainly unfortunate for the rookie in his debut. Uh, but yeah, they throttled back for a bit. The uh, rookie tossed a touchdown to the other team, and then next thing you know, here comes Brady back into the game. Uh, so you know, if Brady were to get hurt, you know, all of a sudden, yeah, you know, I, I don't think I like the Patriots' odds a whole lot there. Um, and so I absolutely understand the idea behind trying to take him out there. And obviously, you know, from our perspective. We can't afford Mahomes getting hurt. That's one of the things that was driving me crazy about the way that some of this game went with some of the cheap shots that the Ravens were getting away with. We can't afford Mahomes yeah. getting hurt there. So, uh, you know, I, I understand the, uh, you know, I guess kind of the throttle back in that regard. But honestly, if you're going to just totally take the foot off the gas pedal, why not just put in the backup? Uh, you know, that was one of the things that, you know, if we're going to have Mahomes out there, might as well let him do Mahomes things, you know, if he's going to be in theoretically the same amount of, you know, same amount of danger so to speak I don't see any reason not to uh you know if you're really gonna throttle back the way that it certainly seems like we did you know no reason not to let the backup get the reps 
uh, you alluded to these some of the roughing calls. I'll get into that in, in a moment, but it wasn't easy early on. The offense and the defense both started off terribly in the first quarter. John Harbaugh's aggressiveness uh, at times in this game, maybe a little too aggressive. Uh, it definitely was helping the Ravens out. Mark Ingram had that touchdown run. Uh, because Chris Jones had that illegal formation, which I've never heard that before on a defense, uh, they elected to take the field goal away from the scoreboard and go for two, and they failed on that. They, by the way, failed on all three two-point attempts. There was one point where uh, the Ravens could have made it a ten-point game, but they wanted to go for two and failed. I'm not quite sure what math John Harbaugh was doing. Maybe he wanted to get the two-pointer, get a seven-point touchdown and a field goal, and hopefully that would have won the game, but then you're assuming Mahomes never scores, which I know the Chiefs didn't score much, but still, yeah, that's a really big assumption there, but uh, anyway, I digress. Uh, Baltimore did have that touchdown early on. It was a 6 nothing game. Uh, their defense got away with a couple of taunting calls on Kansas City. Look, I don't like taunting. I know a lot of people think it's silly, but hey, if it's in the rule book, then I do want it called. Uh, Travis Kelsey got tripped up on a play where Mahomes thought he'd uh, be able to locate him on his route, but because Kelsey got tangled up, no one was home to catch the football, and Mahomes was called for intentional grounding. Baltimore's front seven also got to Mahomes several times. Only sacked him once, but they did uh, hit him quite a bit in this game. There was a light hit call. Uh, there was a horse collar call on him uh, to help extend some of Casey's drives. Uh, they got away with a couple of roughing calls, I thought. And look, Zach, you know me. I'm not, and anyone who follows me knows, I'm not, I'm not going to get on referees because that's, I, I just think, you know, there are far bigger uh, factors that weigh in to a team's wins and losses. Now, the Chiefs still won this game, but uh, man, I mean, I thought there were some blatant calls, and I don't know if this had anything to do with Tom Brady's tweet on Thursday Night Football complaining about flags, Fun, ironically enough, Tom Brady, of all people, but... Uh, I saw. I, I did not read into this, but I got a notification from from Bleacher Report Sunday morning that the NFL apparently was looking into how there are so many flags being thrown. Look, I get sometimes we see a lot of flags and we don't like it, but if penalties are happening, if people are committing fouls, you got to throw them. Honestly, the only thing I want to see out of that is just some level of consistency more than anything. Um, I mean, I think that. You know, if you flag absolutely everything, the game becomes completely unwatchable. That's the same way, like, you know, if you look at it, you know, in theory, there could be a holding penalty on every single down played in the NFL on the offensive line. That's just a fact, uh, especially on the interior there. Like, that's just kind of a known, I mean, really at all levels of football, like when you're a guard or a center, you know you're getting away with more because, you know, like it or not, you got tackles who are covering you up, and it's harder to spot um, unless it's, you know, really, really blatant. Uh, and so... Yeah, I guess that's not to say that it's you know, right to be able to you know get away with some of those things, but you know realistically, all I want to see is some level of consistency. And like if it's you know, some of those little like ticky tack, stupid, you know, very very obscure rules, you know, those I'm not so here for. You know, I guess you know to borrow from the college game, like you know yesterday. I don't know if you watched the Kansas game at all uh, on Saturday. A little bit, but uh. Yeah, there was the onside kick that was pulled back because of some obscure rule that, you know, you have to give the other team an unimpeded opportunity to catch the football, and then, you know, the West Virginia guy caught the football, our guy yanked it out of his hand, and they flagged us anyway. Like, little obscure rules like that that no one has heard of, like, I'm, I'm less here for those. But, you know, if you're calling the normal basic things like, you know, hey, probably shouldn't rough the passer, probably shouldn't get away with late hits, things like that, you know, taunting I really don't care too too much about i mean within reason obviously like yeah if throwing flags for some of the stuff that you know especially what comes to mind for me is always stuff, some of the stuff that marcus peters did like i get flagging some of that but i don't know i think that that's part of the game like if it if it's materially affecting the outcome of a play then i'm for throwing the flag but if it's you know just kind of ancillary nonsense i don't know I, i'm less less inclined to see those flags being thrown just because it really can affect the outcome of a game in so many different ways uh, just to have you know, I mean if you think about it you know not saying that these weren't deserved because they absolutely were but if you look at the horse collar call that was on Mahomes there in the you know on our first drive or sorry our first touchdown drive I should say uh, you know the way that that extended it like you know that that's part of the reason we got the touchdown uh, and it just goes to show what penalties can do and so 
I just want to see some consistency. I'd like to see, you know, slightly fewer penalties, but at the same time, if people are going to continue playing dirty, you have to call it. So I'll get off my soapbox No, I agree there. with you. <laughs> I agree with you. I mean, we do need consistency with this. We absolutely do. And it's not like, you know, we have one officiating crew, one official that might say one thing, and then if you watch another game and you see the same exact interference or the same exact level of contact... You don't see a flag there. Um, it's like, okay, what's the rule here? So, and again, with challenges now, and we think it's 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 pass interference, and then the referee comes out and says, nope, not interference. Which, by the way, what's the name of the guy? Gene Sterator. Sterator. Did you hear his explanation when the Chiefs tried to challenge pass interference? I did not. He had, I don't even know how to word it because I, I i don't i don't even want to like quote word for word because i lose brain cells he he, he was basically saying well it looks like uh uh pass interference offensive pass interference here but i guess it may not be the case in the layers of this situation it's like what layers are you talking about uh it's just even the rule experts on these broadcasts don't even know the rules really well but yeah I, I do agree we do need consistency with that um so the chiefs definitely and to be fair the chiefs also got away with some calls in this game every team does i know it's easier to point out the refs if they miss some crucial calls then yeah it's easier to start talk about the refs then uh but hey you know what after the first quarter just like last week we went off in the second quarter this was a lot of fun to watch uh first off LaShawn mccoy Capped off an 11-play drive to take the lead. The Chiefs never looked back after that. They held the lead at that point and never lost the lead. Uh, by the way, McCoy ran eight times for 54 yards and a touchdown. He did leave a little early due to an injury. He was a game-time decision here. And then after the McCoy touchdown, the Chiefs had a pair of quick touchdown drives after their first score. Demarcus Robinson, he is continuing to pedal along with the Chiefs. He continues to show that he is a viable asset on offense after he helped finish off a five-play drive that lasted two minutes and 43 seconds. He beat Brandon Carr and made a spectacular catch near the sidelines in the end zone. And then on a three-play drive in 87 seconds, Mahomes found the rookie, McCole Hardman. He's been a lot of fun to watch so far in the first two, uh, three games. The first game, he was silent, but the last two games, he's been more active. Uh, eight, an 83-yard touchdown catch and run for McCall Hardman, uh, torching Earl Thomas, who almost became a chief. Uh, Butker did miss the PAT after that, but he did rebound before halftime, adding three points. Um, kind of a weird situation and poor clock management by Andy Reid, where he waited too damn long as Mahomes and the offense tried to snap the ball. Reid called a timeout in the last 10 seconds, wasting eight seconds when you could have gotten off a second play, but Mahomes wasn't happy. Uh, Butker did help to make it 23-6 to before halftime. Uh, but again, here we are. You know, the offense is, I mean, their bread and butter right now is in the second quarter where they seem to thrive the most. Uh, Mahomes had two touchdowns, whereas last week he had four touchdowns in the fourth quarter. McCall Hardman, Demarcus Robinson, they're still out there doing big things for you. So it's nice to see this offense dominating without Tyreek Hill. Absolutely, and I got it say that you know that catch that Robinson made that was one of the prettiest catches I've seen in a long long time um you know you just see that ball go up you're like who is he throwing to and then boom there's Robinson coming out of nowhere one hand just beautiful catch um you know really it's really nice to see him coming into his own uh, you know definitely showing some of that star potential that Andy Reid says he has so uh certainly encouraging to see there and then obviously the wheels from McCole Hardman it's a beautiful thing uh you know just yeah, there's nothing like watching this offense when they're absolutely clicking because, you know, there's really nothing you can do to slow them down. Like, you just kind of, you have, I mean, I can't imagine being the defense uh, going up against an offense like that where you just kind of have to shake your head and be like, well, shoot. Like, you know, what, what can we really do about that? That's like, you know, yeah. You know, I remember against the Jags that, you know, touchdown that Nick Foles threw where he just absolutely put it right on the money where only his guy could get it, just dropped it right into the bread basket of, I think it was DJ Chark. Uh, you know, who obviously caught it for the touchdown. Uh, you know, I just remember sitting back at looking at that play where it's like, well, shoot. Yeah, I can't even be mad about that. That was just pretty. Um, and so I feel like that's the way a lot of opponents probably have to look at some of this, uh, you know, as they're getting shelled. 
Well, if you if you look at the McCole Hardman, one of his plays, I think it was in the first half, it was on a completely busted play, and I think it was a screen attempt, and the defense swarmed in real quickly, and so he found some holes, he got around uh, behind the line of scrimmage, ended up going forward, and Mahomes, I thought he was about to pull a Trent Green. If you remember last week, I think it was LaShawn McCoy or somebody who Mahomes got in his way, and the running back thought he was going to block for Mahomes was going to block for him. I thought Mahomes was about to throw some blocks, but instead he was just there as a decoy. He slid that way; he's not involved in any contact. So clearly, the Chiefs have gone over with Mahomes. Hey, don't throw any blocks at all whatsoever. Which hey, I'm okay with. But uh, yeah, McCole Hardman. I mean, he he's doing so many things on the field, and you know what? You know what I said on Twitter at that time is. Wait until Tyreek Hill comes back. If Demarcus Robinson, Sammy Watkins, and McCole Hardman... Are, oh, by the way, I forgot to tell you, there's a tight end on the team named Travis Kelsey. I mean, if, is if this good? offense I've, is doing yeah. this... Yeah, <laughs> he is. Uh, but wait till Tyreek Hill comes back, which, by the way, he was not in a sling today, which is great to see. So he's making progress with, with his recovery, good, significant progress. This offense, again, what we talked about all offseason, even Byron Pringle in the second half came in and got a seven-yard reception. It doesn't sound like a lot, but it was a first down. Um, so you just got guys everywhere, left and right, making plays, which is uh, which is very encouraging to see. Well, it's what we've talked about all off-season long, and now we're seeing it come to fruition. As I said last week, let me talk to you about this before we go to the second half. Mahomes wasn't very—I don't know what the right word is. Um, he just wasn't happy. He wasn't he was a little pleased. more vocal. Content. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, he you definitely can tell he was, was. upset. We've never seen that from Patrick Mahomes. This is his 20th start in the NFL. Uh, We saw him get upset at officials. We even saw a little bit of a back and forth with some of the defenders. He even got uh, to a couple of the offensive linemen's face when there was a poor block or a bad snap on a fourth down uh, play that the Chiefs failed. Uh, He he wasn't happy and he let it be known. Um, You know... You got as a leader, you got to be vocal. You got to have control of your team, and you got to be able to throw some constructive criticism. Uh, I just worry, and I, I'm not saying I'm concerned with Mahomes, but I, I just hope that you know Andy Reid has worked on this because Andy Reid's had a lot of great quarterbacks who have been leaders: McNabb, uh, Michael Vick, Alex Smith. Just got to make sure he is a leader and he gives con- constructive criticism in, in a controlled motion because. If you just lose your crap and you go off on your linemen, well, then you start to lose your team. That can fall apart, and no one's going to want to block for you as much. Um, I, I'm not Again, I'm not saying it looked like it was getting to that, but we've just never seen this kind of Mahomes before. Yeah, I think that, you know, having been you know, on the uh, receiving end of some of those sorts of, you know, I guess tongue lashings is the term I'll use, uh, from a quarterback, you know, you know as an offensive lineman when you screwed up, and there's no worse feeling when you screw up and you know that your quarterback's taking it on the chin, quite literally in some cases. Uh, and so I think that's all that is. Like I don't wouldn't worry too much about the lineman being bent out of shape about getting hollered at by Mahomes because realistically, like when that happens, it is because they screwed up and didn't do their job right. And like it or not, you know, Mahomes took some some shots today, man. Like. You know, I think that some of the frustration was just boiling over because, like it or not, it's just a natural human reaction. When you get hit like that, you know, you're just pissed. There's no other way to put it. Yeah. Like, there's, you know, you, you just kind of, you know, let it out. Um, and whether you're doing that at the offensive lineman or the defensive player who you know took a cheap shot on you, um, you know, I... I I don't see any issues here. I think that's just showing that, you know, competitive fire in the belly. And, you know, with the offensive linemen, you know, in the heat of the moment like that, you know, they they, they do tend to react positively, I think. So I, I wouldn't be too, too worried on that. When we did our Facebook Live video at facebook.com slash Farzi uh which, again, I appreciate all of you guys that uh, participate in that at halftime and after the game. At halftime, I said, look, uh, Lamar Jackson is 8 of 19 passing they need to run the football if they want to come back in this game. What did they do to start off the second half, Zach? They ran the ball on the first seven plays, and on eight of their first nine plays, uh, excuse me, let me rephrase that. In their touchdown drive, uh, they ran nine plays. Eight of them were runs. Uh, Ingram got his second touchdown, 
but the two-point PAT once again failed, which I don't even know. Like, I mean, Harbaugh just had a poor management with that. Like, if you want to compare Andy Reid's clock management to John Harbaugh's score management, uh, Andy Reid looks like a saint. I mean, he, he looks very smart when it comes to controlling uh, the clock and everything. But, man, I just don't know what Harbaugh's game plan was or what his thought process was in all these two-point uh, attempts. Because if, they, if you just go for a PAT field goal... That's a three-point game at the end of the game, and maybe you can tie the game and force overtime, but obviously Harbaugh did the Chiefs uh, plenty of favors in this one. Now, the Chiefs did respond in the third quarter when Mahomes threw to LaShawn McCoy on a screenplay, his second touchdown. Uh, Ian Eagle, by the way, mentioned that no one throws more screenplays than Andy Reid, uh, and there was a screenplay, uh, by the way, that did seal the game in the end, uh, which helped the Chiefs. But at this point, it's 30-13. to Going into the fourth quarter, Chiefs are up 17. It's over, right? No, not so much. Then we see the craziness. Lamar Jackson, after going 8 of 19 in the first half, he completed 14 passes in the second half. On a fourth and five, Jackson threw a lob to Roberts at the Kansas City 2. We talked about this earlier when Casey challenged the offensive pass interference. Um... That was ter- that was terribly explained. Uh, Mike Carey, I mean, he should be brought back to at least explain stuff. Uh, then later, third and 17, Jackson once again on the right side of the field throws a lob pass to the left side of the field. Charverius Ward is in place for an easy, easy interception, but Willie Sneed snagged it. And look, uh, let me just say this. Everyone is talking about how the Chiefs just played really soft in the in the second in the fourth quarter specifically, and that allowed the Ravens to make it a 17-point game from a 17-point game to a one-possession game, a five-point game. Uh, look, those two plays by Jackson—they were not impressive. They were lucky. Do not get me wrong, though. It's completed. Maybe maybe the Chiefs' defense should have came up with a pick. They didn't, and Baltimore did enough to convert first downs on those plays and eventually score on both those plays better to be lucky than have an an interception or incompletion or better to have a lucky win than lose uh but listen a top-notch cornerback does not allow that zach i know you and i went back and forth and we disagreed last episode and i want to get your pulse once again on this if someone tells me why do you think the Chiefs should give up two first-round picks for Jalen Ramsey? My response will be, watch that fourth quarter. Jalen Ramsey won't solve all the issues for Kansas City's defense, but he absolutely will help reduce the amount of yards the Chiefs have given up in the passing game. 347 yards to Gardner, mostly Gardner Minshew. Uh, 178 yards last week, not bad. 363 yards this week. I think Jalen Ramsey, given this Chiefs situation right now, and I know Morris Claiborne has yet to play, but he is worth two first-round draft picks to me. Do you agree after watching that fourth quarter? I mean, no. I, I honestly don't, and here's why. Realistically, most of the passing yardage you know, came on those two plays that we just discussed, and the one on, you know, the one to Sneed especially, like, that's an absolute freak play, man. Like, you know, he props to him for coming down with it, you know, Ward did a nice job trying to break it up, and Sneed just did a better job of, you know, kind of, ta- you know, doing that tip drill to himself, if you will, and, you know, being able to corral it before he hit the ground. Uh, yeah, that's, yeah, that's not the sort of play to drive an overreaction, if that makes sense. And then the, you know, one to Roberts, I mean, there's certainly the case to be made that that was absolutely a pass interference because you saw him push off. But, I mean, you know, again, realistically, like you said, those are two pretty lucky plays. Um, you know, the sort of thing that, you know, if you were to go back and replay it, you know, call it, you know, call those same throws 10 times. I don't think we fail, you know, more, you know, any more than call it three times the way that we did today. And so I just don't think that it's that, you know, I don't, I'm not saying that our coverage is perfect or anything. Cause it's, it's not, there's obviously room to improve, but I, I don't know that I want to give up two first round picks uh, to go get Jalen Ramsey, especially when you still have to pay Mahomes, you have to pay Chris Jones, um, and you know, from what we've seen out of the defensive line, you absolutely have to pay Chris Jones. Um, you know, I'm finding myself thinking like, hmm, what if we had you know just not had to pay Frank Clark and we could use that for Jalen Ramsey? That might be the better can I, play. Can I but... interrupt you? Yeah, Let me ahead. interrupt you one second there because I I know Frank Clark got a sack, but I got a lot of tweets as the game went on and Facebook posts. 
why did we pay Frank Clark? And to be quite honest, I actually have to ask this. What leverage does Chris Jones have right this second for a big contract, Zach? I mean, if you looked at when, especially last week, um, if you looked at the drives when we were absolutely stymieing Oakland, it's because he was causing all sorts of trouble. Um, you know, whether he actually was getting to the quarterback or not, like he is very much the, uh, you know, straw that stirs the drink as far as our defensive line is concerned. And don't get me wrong. You know, I think that he and Clark still play well off of each other. It just hasn't yielded too much in terms of statistical output for either of them. Um, but I think that realistically, like, yeah, when Chris Jones is on, there's no one aside from, you know, say like Aaron Donald, who is more disruptive from the interior of the defensive line. It's just, you know, it's just a fact. Um, and so I think that, uh, you know, he's absolutely worth, you know, paying on that front. And, uh, you know, realistically, the other thing too, that, you know, when it comes to the first round picks, like I know we've obviously been having some substantial success, uh, over the last few years when we haven't had first round picks, uh, to put to work, but, if you look at, you know, historically speaking, like, you know, some of the best players we've gotten, it's because we've gotten some, you know, absolute studs in the first round, and you're able to have them on rookie deals, um, and you're able to, you know, kind of build that team around them. You know, who's to say we can't find, you know, like a Marcus Peters-esque sort of player who can, you know, play those first couple of years of the rookie deal, uh, lock down that cornerback position, and keep that window open even longer? I'm just looking at Chris Jones last year. His first four games, he did not have a sack. Now, we do know the story after that. In week 5, which was the Jacksonville game, all the way through week 16, the Seahawks game, uh, he had a sack in 11 consecutive games. Um, And there is a bye week that's uh, in between there. Uh, So keep that in mind if if you're doing the math in your head. Uh, So he got off to a slow start last year, if we're being fair. Uh, Frank Clark, okay, I mean, I can understand him, you know, you're trying to get acclimated with this defense, you did have the interception in week one, you had the sack today, Tyron Matthew, it took him a little bit of time, but he's starting to come up on his own, he had two drop picks in this one, did a good job breaking up some passes, but I think, you know, at some point, you do need to come away with an interception, because you're getting paid a lot of money for that, so, um, maybe this is a patience thing, I don't know, uh, you know, the good news is, it's not like you're one and two, or no, or oh and three, you're at least, you know, finding ways to win, which for now it'll work. But at some point, these newcomers, uh, Emmanuel Agba seems to be making more plays than uh, than Frank Clark, who got the mega contract. Uh, in fact, I think I Agba mean, is probably the best newcomer so far. Wouldn't you agree? Well, statistically speaking, sure. But, I mean, let's not pretend that, you know, we talked about this, you know, all coming in through the offseason, too, that, you know, having Chris Jones and Frank Clark on one side of the defensive front was going to divert most of the offensive line's attention to that side, thereby making it much easier for whoever's on the other side of the defensive front to get to the quarterback. Manuel Agba, Tano Passigno, um, and Alex Okafor, they've all shown you know, the benefits of that, and it you know, kind of worked out exactly kind of the way that we discussed. So, you know, I think that realistically you're probably right. We are you know, maybe nitpicking a little early um, as far as, you know, look, we're still 3-0. Uh, you know, we haven't really felt like we've played our best football, and yet we've still, you know, won three games, all but one of which with a pretty safe margin of victory, really. Uh, and so you're scoring, you're scoring thirty three point seven points per game without Tyreek Hill. Yeah, that doesn't suck. <laughs> <laughs> no, not at all. Um, you know, look, it, it's it, I know what, what, because the standard is so high, the the expectation is so high. I think you know, and I'm guilty of this too. You know, I think we're expecting too much perfection. I, I, I think that's part of it. Uh, look, the Ravens are a good team. I don't care who they played the first two games. Uh, everyone said Lamar Jackson was a running back, and he proved to be more than that in the first two games. Uh, so, look, yeah, again, no, he can I don't throw care. the ball. Oh, yeah. I, I, I don't care, again, who, who they played. No one would have predicted that for, uh, for the People said this about Mahomes last year when the Chiefs uh, – played some easier defenses. They said, oh, well, he hasn't played a, a, a good team yet. And, you know, it's like, look, this guy is essentially a rookie. Uh, he only had one start before this, and it was a meaningless Week 17 game. So uh, you got to give credit where credit's due. And they both played well. I mean, Jackson could have played better. I know he didn't have any touchdowns, but, man, he did find uh, some opportunities to uh, move the football for his team when uh, they needed it the most. But nonetheless, Well, the other the thing, too, were, is like, you know, while we always talk about the way that Mahomes is great about escaping the pocket, I mean, I got to say, 
there is one thing that Jackson's better than Mahomes at, and that would be it. You know, the, his ability to you know maneuver around sure. and escape <laughs> the pocket, and obviously his running ability is you know, M- Mahomes isn't a running quarterback. You know, he's a quarterback who can run, but he's not a running quarterback the way that Lamar no. Jackson is. So, yeah, I gotta say though, he's he cer- there were certainly some sacks that were left on the field today because Jackson was good at getting out of there. Did you, uh, by the way, the Chiefs were able to finish things off uh, after a failed onside drop kick attempt. Have you ever seen a drop kick like that? And not only that, he actually got two opportunities in which the the crowd reaction through the TV was actually pretty funny. Did you notice that? Absolutely. And to be honest, like, you know, I was just kind of sitting there, like, you almost kind of like are at a loss for words for a bit where it's like, wait a minute, did that that really just happen? Like, hmm. I never seen well, that I thought before. that was good. Like, I thought yeah, was... I was waiting for a penalty. I'm like, do you get two tries? Like, what happens here? Um, so that was yeah. It's no, almost it's like been a weird like... weekend of football when it comes to the onside kicks, man. Like, oh, I have learned gosh. more about onside kick rules these last two days than I knew existed. To be honest with you, well, the Chiefs did get the football, um, and Daryl Williams, who we have yet to even bring up, uh, he helped cap things off he got the uh screenplay to finish off the game uh beating the ravens and handing them their first loss of the season listen it was an ugly win it was an ugly game but again better to an ugly than lose and have your undefeated season uh come to an end like this and not the entire season coming to an end just the undefeated part coming to an end because uh god knows i have this uh obscure hot take that someone's going to go undefeated throughout the year. Um, but in all seriousness, look, Zach, this, this, let, let's just put the bigger picture. I know we're sitting here complaining about how the defense isn't good and that the offense has been inconsistent, and they need to work on that. We're not sitting here saying it's okay, but can we just breathe at the same time? Because for the first time since 1999, the Broncos are 0-3. The Raiders are 1-2. The Chargers are 1-2. The Chiefs are in control of their own destiny. Right now, they were in control last all of last year, not just in the AFC West, but in the AFC West throughout the regular season. Yes, they lost four games, but they were never, never in a spot where they lost control of the one seed and they actually absolutely needed someone else to lose. They they were always in a spot where people needed them to lose. They needed the, the like the Chargers, the Patriots, the Texans. They needed the Chiefs to lose, and they didn't lose enough games to let go of the one seed. By the way, you want to know what the best stat is? I posted this on social media right before we started recording. This is the second week in a row that the Chiefs have not only won, but everyone else in the AFC West has lost. Yeah, it certainly is fun to see. Though I gotta say, for being 0-3, this Broncos team, we cannot sleep on. They are much better than their record indicates. I No, you can never... Listen... You can never underestimate any team in the NFL. You can never underestimate a divisional opponent because, look, even when they're winless and the Chiefs are undefeated, if, if the Chiefs and Broncos were playing next week, regardless where the game would be, you know the Broncos would be ready to play because they want to be able to say that we got our first win against an undefeated team, our division rival. Oh, and by the way, it's Patrick Mahomes who runs that offense. Uh, they want to be able to say that. So they're all, you, you're going to have a target on your backs, even against some weak teams. Um, so the Chiefs definitely, good, good, st- great start, I should say. And uh, you look at the rest of the, the division, everyone under 500 and the Chiefs have a two-game lead on the rest of the division. And you look at why they have a two-game lead. Well, again, I mentioned this earlier. Nobody had a breakout game statistically. McCall Hardman, two catches, 97 yards, and a touchdown. Kelsey, seven catches for 89 yards. Watkins, five catches for 64 yards. Robinson had three catches for 43 yards and a touchdown. Though, again, I mean, Hardman's 97 yards, that's great, but it was just just off two catches. Uh, Could have easily had 100 yards. He didn't have a catch in the second half. But uh, you've got, you know, so many guys that are contributing, helping Mahomes get to his 300-plus yards. By the way, uh... LaShawn McCoy, 11 catches and runs for 80 total yards and two touchdowns. One on the ground, one through the air. Uh, Daryl Williams had a couple of nice runs for the Chiefs. He had 14 total touches for 109 yards. So he had the most uh, yards, uh, total yards on offense for the Kansas City Chiefs. And as I mentioned earlier, almost 34 points per game without 
Tyreek Hill. That is your offense right now. I know we've touched a lot on this offense overall. Is there anything else you want to add on this offense before we move on uh, from the game? No, I just, yeah, I, I guess I'm certainly happy to see the uh, output that we're putting up so far. And it's just, you know, it's kind of amazing to me how much we've put up. And yet we feel like we've left a lot of points out on that field, too. And I think, you know, Mahomes, this is his 20th NFL game. So he's learning. Hardman's learning. Robinson. Robinson's never been in this position where he's been relied on as a a starter on this football team. So he's learning as well as as we go along here. Um, And I I really just hope they get better with the play calling. And I'm I'm saying optimistic, and that's a very easy thing to do when you're 3-0 and have a two-game lead on the division. So that's good to see. Uh, some notable stats, by the way. Uh, we know every game there's a crazy Mahomes stat, uh, sometimes multiple Mahomes stats. 14 consecutive games with two-plus passing touchdowns. Peyton Manning holds the NFL record with 15, so a lot of people are anticipating that he'll tie it next week at Detroit. Uh, also, Mahomes holds the record for most 300-plus yard games in his first 20 starts with 13. I believe he just passed Kurt Warner for that, Mahomes, by the way, in this game, 27 of 37 for 374 yards. And people will say that Mahomes has threw for at least 300 yards in every game so far this season. That doesn't do justice to describe how great he's been. He's not just throwing 300 plus yards, Zach. He's actually thrown 370 plus yards in every game. 378 against the Jaguars, 443 against the Raiders, 374 against the Ravens in this game. But he's going to regress this year, really. He's, he's regressing. That's uh, that's what we heard all offseason long. Um, look, I actually thought the running game... Look, I thought statistically speaking, the running game would be much better. They're not. And they've relied, relied on the passing game more. Without Tyree Kill, by the way. Uh, as I'm going to continue to remind everyone. Um, but yeah, I thought, I thought statistically speaking, Mahomes would step back, but no, he might surpass 50 touchdowns and 5,000 yards again. I, I wasn't sure if he'd be able to get both of those this year, but he might be able to do it two years in a row, which has never been seen before. Yeah. Well, and the other thing to mention is that, you know, our offense is a unique one when it comes to the NFL as a whole, not just because of its ridiculous output, but because, you know, when you look at running backs across the league as a general rule, you know, the lion's share of their yards from scrimmage come in, you know, traditional, you know, handoff or pitch type fashions. With Andy Reid's offense, they're statistically more effective, you know, in the screen game and stuff like that. So, you know, it, that, I guess, is part of the reason that, it, you know, you see so many, you know, I guess, like the running backs are still the ones generating the majority of the yardage, if that makes sense, just the way that they would, you know, on a handoff or a pitch. But, you know, you're seeing Mahomes get credit for it because obviously it's a screen pass or a you know quick little out or wheel route or something like that, uh, and you're able to see the running backs you know get into space and do what they do best, uh, and so that's one of the things that you know Andy Reid's always been good at, but uh, you know it certainly uh, helped to keep this offense moving forward. Uh, another Mahomes stat: uh, he joins Peyton Manning from tw- the 2010 season uh, for having three or more uh, passing touchdowns and no interceptions in the first three games. By the way, Peyton Manning did it last year. Patrick Mahomes did it this year. Do you know who was the other quarterback to throw three-plus touchdowns and no interceptions in each of the first three games? Uh, Was it Nick Foles? No, it was Patrick Mahomes himself last year. So Mahomes has essentially joined himself in the record books. Uh, That's how insane it is right now with Mahomes. Uh, putting up these kinds of numbers, I mean, it, it's just it's just a lot of fun to watch. Uh, by the way, uh, from this game, one more note. Five of nine on third down, the Chiefs. One sack allowed. Only four penalties in this game compared to Baltimore's seven. I wrote uh, Jacksonville's third downs on here somewhere, but I can't seem to find it through my notes, but uh, that's okay. I think they were five of 12 on third down. Let me look that up real quickly. Bear with me just one moment. I know they only got five uh, third down conversions in this game, and the Chiefs, they were five of nine. Uh, The Ravens were... I can find it. Uh, Five of 13. Five of 13. That's what they were. I said five of 12, but they were close enough there. Uh, Three of four... On fourth downs, and of course, o and three, uh, o for o for three, I should say, on two point conversions. Um, by the way, last quick note here: when it comes to stats from the game, 
Dustin Colquitt, 225, uh, or actually, I don't think it's consecutive games, but 225 total games in his career as a Chief, surpassing Hall of Famer Will Shields. And that's obviously an easy thing to do as a punter, but he still deserves the credit. 225 games all in Kansas City. Uh, You just don't get that kind of longevity these days, especially with how hard players are hitting. Again, I know punters don't get hit as much, but hey, you still don't get that kind of longevity. So it's very cool to see Dustin Colquitt put up... uh, put up so much with the team and be able to have this long career with them. Absolutely. And if you look at some of the years where we actually like, you know, had to rely on him, uh, you know, I'm sure he's sitting there enjoying the fact that he doesn't have to, you know, go to work quite so often with this that offense. That's true. Very true. Yeah. I think it makes up for those bad years. And uh, from 2007 to 2012, where Colquitt was on the field a lot. And now he's, uh, he, he's on the field more for holding uh, the football for field goals and PATs. Uh, that's what you'd, Rather see him for more often than, than not. Uh, before we get to the Antonio Brown story, Zach, I was actually really disappointed. In fact, I'm actually pissed off because uh, Gunther Cunningham did pass away this offseason, as as we all know. Former head coach, former defensive coordinator. I know his run as a defensive coordinator was far more memorable as a head coach. Didn't have a terrible run, but wasn't a great run either. But listen, this franchise prides itself on its history even though there's only one Super Bowl win there's so much to really be aware of with this with this team have you ever watched that Chiefs um history DVD that came out in 2007 or 2008 no okay so for whatever reason Gunther Cunningham is not mentioned his his run as a head coach is not mentioned all the other head coaches are mentioned up to that point um Gunther Cunningham is not, and I'm not correlating that to today. The reason I'm bringing up Gunther Cunningham, because this was the home opener, and this was something I expected uh, the week when we heard that Gunther had passed. I said, for sure they're going to have a special tribute or some sort of moment of silence in the home opener. They didn't. Um, I don't know. I was I was kind of upset by that, because I understand he was not a great head coach, and his defenses were up and down. But listen, man, once a chief, always a chief. And in 2005, Hank Stram, who obviously won a Super Bowl with us, and former punter Jarrell Wilson also won a Super Bowl. Uh, when they passed away the same offseason in 2005, and when the Chiefs were playing the Jets in the uh, in that game, during pregame, there was a moment of silence for both those guys. And uh, I thought that was special. I actually... I actually had a lot of respect for the Chiefs for doing that. Uh, and, you know, again, Jamal Charles was there banging the drum. They pride themselves on their history. Why did they not have a moment of silence for Gunther Cunningham, who, again, former head coach? Um, even the worst head coaches we've had, like Todd Haley or Romeo Cornell, and God forbid when their time comes, I think we do need to recognize that because they are a part of history, Chiefs history. Yeah, I think that, you know, anybody who you know, was able to do it for the full season, I think that, you know, obviously is, you know, it bears mentioning for sure. Uh, and I don't know, with with Gunther especially, I feel like, you know, the number of years that he contributed to the Chiefs, whether as a coordinator or, again, as a head coach, um, it, it almost makes me wonder if there's something else in the works, like they're going to do something, you know, not you know, not amongst the, you know, hullabaloo of the home opener. Um, I don't know. Like it, it would be strange for the Chiefs to, you know, just not do anything for Gunther uh, at all. So it'll be interesting to see. You know, hopefully that, you know, ho- hopefully there's something else in the works that, uh, you know, we're not always you know privy to. Uh, but you know, if they were to you know let that go unnoticed, that would certainly be a disappointment. Yeah, because um, I, I obviously was not at the game, so I asked on social media, and a friend saw my. Uh, tweet and texted me and her uh mother and father-in-law were at the game because they have season tickets and she goes there was no moment of silence or any of that i said wow um so i don't know uh i was actually disappointed to hear that and uh in fact i'm i think i'm gonna write about that for arrowhead addict that there should have been some sort of recognition and uh again it's it's part of history look I, i love history i do um you know, I when it, whether it's music or uh, the film industry, sports, uh, politics, you know, where we are today has a lot to do with 
our past and what has allowed us to get to this point. People who have paved the way for uh, Americans to get to this point or for athletes to be where they are today or... You know, certain certain musicians who were inspired by past musicians, same for actors, directors, whatever, any, any form of entertainment, anything that has history in it. Uh, there's a reason why we are where we are. And I just, uh, I was surprised by that. Is there anything else you wanted to add to that, Zach? No, I think that puts a bow on it. All right. Uh, real quickly, because we have a ton of text. Antonio Brown went off and started complaining about how Roethlisberger, Shannon Sharp, Robert Kraft, they've been involved in sexual harassment. Uh, they were, they've been accused of that. So he's retiring from the NFL. So, quick question for you. Next up, XFL or no? No, I don't think so. I think he's too much of a headache for anybody to really take on at this point. Though, the one thing I'll say is that when it comes to you know pointing out the you know, Roethlisberger or Kraft or, I mean, I don't know much about the Shannon Sharp thing, uh, but, you know, I, I don't think he's necessarily off base when it comes to pointing I, out I, some I do of the agree. hypocrisy there. Because, like, yeah. that that certainly bears mentioning. By the same token, at least to my knowledge, none of those individuals were, you know, sending out, you know, threatening texts and, you know, threatening the families of, you know, and don't get me wrong, if those things happened then, you know, all those people should have been suspended as well. Um, And just because those people weren't, you know, maybe adequately punished doesn't mean that, you know, punishment isn't deserved, if that makes sense. Um, But I think, you know, in a weird kind of way, this, you know, draws some parallels to what we saw with the Kareem Hunt situation in that, you know, when it's big in public um, and, you know, it, it does play out in the public eye, there's significantly less, I guess, tolerance for it, if that makes sense. Um, you know, there's less patience from an organizational level. Um, you know, and I think that that's one of the things that Antonio Brown has certainly, uh, you know, if you really look at his last, call it, you know, six to nine months, you know, he's really done a nice job of figuring out exactly where, you know, an organization's patience, you know, threshold really ends up. Because um, he has driven out, you know, the Steelers first, then the Raiders, then the then the Patriots, and I think uh, you know at this point, you know the guy's toxic and won't you know I mean don't get me wrong, he's an incredibly talented receiver, and you know as I've said a couple of times before, there's a big part of me that does wonder you know if this erratic behavior is in some part due to that you know absolutely rattling hit that he took from Vontez Perfect. I'm not gonna say that that's why, but it wouldn't shock me either. Um, but in any event, like, I'll be honest, like, I'm so sick of the, uh, you know, sideshow that he has been to the NFL season as a whole, um, that I'm kind of ready for him to just go away. Yeah. And I think if anything, uh, the Steelers, the Raiders and the Patriots, they've all sent a message to future NFL players saying, look, you want to whine and cry nonstop. This is going to be the punishment for it. It could essentially cost you your career. Just, just a terrible attitude. It's all it takes. All right, uh, real quickly, facebook.com slash Farzing Vesugian, at Farzing21, at Zstenga. Let us know your thoughts on anything we've discussed. It is time to read some text messages. Some of these we've already talked about, so we won't touch on them too much. Uh, in fact, we have a lot, so let's try to get through these very quickly. 913-808-2119. Zach, you ready to do this? Let's do it. You got a lot here. From the 573... Uh, I don't see why we paid uh, Frank Clark so much. He has not really shown anything. I know he has a sack, but Chris Jones is a better player. We should have paid him. Uh, Look, at this point, Frank Clark's been paid. Nothing can be done about that. So let me ask you, Zach, because I know we talked about the the two contracts. The one with Frank Clark and the situation with Jones. Do you see Jones getting paid during this season? During the season, no. After the season, yes. Okay. Assuming uh, he doesn't get hurt or, you know, do dumb things off the field. Like, assuming he produces at a similar level to what he did last year, he gets paid at the end of the season. I think he does get paid maybe midway through if he can uh, start playing well. Um, so, that's hard to say. But uh, we'll see how uh, things pan out there. And, of course, we have to see, you know, does a trade go down with Jalen Ramsey? Uh, that's another thing, too. 
wait and see as well. From the 816, I thought Mahomes played well. Rookie wide receiver McCole Hardman getting into his own, but Andy needs to stop getting conservative at the end of games. It is going to bite us in the rear at some point. And this is nothing new that we haven't talked about, Zach. It's a great point. Um, I agree. Again, we've... We, oh, yeah, for sure we all agree. Um, we've seen it happen so many times, and it's just, you know, I just hope Andy Reid's learned his lesson and will stop being conservative. Look, you have so many players. Just fire away. I mean, even with your backups, don't just run the ball, pass it. Yeah, and don't get me wrong. Like, I respect the, you know, I mean, knowing Andy especially, like, he's not out there trying to show up other teams. Like, that's just not who he is, uh, even though he absolutely could um but by the same token i want to see a little bit more of that killer instinct we want mean andy reed it's okay to be a little bit mean right zach absolutely though i don't know i can't picture him being too mean like he just you know well, maybe it's just like you know the big teddy bearness of him but we we gotta drop that we we, we gotta see a little bit of a mean andy we gotta see a little bit of a mean mahomes and then once the game's over you can go back to being nice um uh from the 313 felt like the chief's defense improved this was the toughest the offense. Uh, this is, excuse me. This was the toughest the offense. Uh, let me reread that. This was the toughest offense they played. Uh, they did almost give the game away at the end. Either way, a win is a win. Nineteen and zero. Aaron from Northern Virginia, who was in Kansas City for the game. Very cool, Aaron. Hope you enjoyed your stay. Um, yeah, you know, a win's a win. The defense did enough to win, but. Uh, again, kind of like what the previous texter did, uh, if another team can study game film and find some cracks, maybe they can do a better job of Lamar Jackson and the Ravens. That's the only thing I fear moving forward. Yeah, and the one thing that you know absolutely was uncovered, I mean, not that we didn't kind of already know this was a thing to begin with, uh, you know, watching Mark Ingram go up the gut three straight times for touchdowns, man, like, you know, you can't be out-toughed like that on the defensive line, so... I'd like to see that get cleaned up before next week. We've got about five more texts to read. A lot of text uh, for this episode. I appreciate all of you guys who have done that. Uh, okay, this is a bit of a long one. And, guys, I do ask, you know, um, try to keep yours as short as possible because we can't, on a long text like this one from uh, Brandon in uh, Mesa, Arizona. Uh, I'll try to read the main point of this, but try to keep yours as short as possible because I don't really get a chance to read these until the podcast. And I prefer it to be that way. I like to react uh, in real time, uh, reading these for the first time. Uh, from the 602, hey guys, great game today. Love the podcast. Thank you, Brandon. Uh, getting to the point about the trade talks for Jalen Ramsey, the cornerbacks for this team are playing very well and need to get start getting some respect. The defense through three games was giving up just over 30 points per game compared to just over 21 this year. That's not considering the fluky points given up today on those two 50-50 balls thrown by Lamar Jackson. Furthermore, Morris Claiborne has yet to play a game for the Chiefs. Fuller, Ward, and Breland are all short tacklers and solid in coverage. The money required to keep our two remaining priorities, Patrick Mahomes and Chris Jones, 15 and 95, he wrote, are going to require rookie contracts to fill the gaps this team is going to encounter soon. Uh, I fear it is dangerously short, short-sighted to try to win one Super Bowl. There are no guarantees getting Ramsey aside and losing draft capital with uh, and Jones which will happen uh, should this go down. Uh, keep your pants on, Farzine, he wrote. And trust in the guys. Uh, we've got a squad. Uh, can't wait to hear the next show. Thank you. Thank you, Brandon. And I think I hit the main points there. I know I didn't read the entire text. Okay. Um, yeah, most of it. Okay, let's let's talk about this. The, the biggest point in that text was Breland, uh, Bashad Breland, Charvarius Wharton, and Kendall Fuller. Are they a little underappreciated, do you think? I mean, they're... Uh, I'll give them the sure tacklers. When it comes to solid in coverage, I'd say nine times out of ten they look there pretty solid, but they get burned. Um, which you know, don't get me wrong; like every cornerback gets burned. That's part of the game. But you know, I I don't know. I I, I think that there is certainly room to improve at the cornerback position. But you know, I think that he makes a good point in terms of you know. Is it short-sighted to, you know, gamble everything on one Super Bowl when you could, you know, be able to plan for the future and maybe have a couple? I can absolutely see where he's coming from there, and honestly, I think he did a better job of articulating it than I did, because uh, I think that, you know, you don't want to mortgage the future just for one ring, um, when realistically we've got a window where we've got the best young quarterback in the league, 
Uh, and in theory, we could probably get a couple rings out of this deal. So I hear where you're coming from. Would like to see an upgrade at the cornerback position, but only at the right price. Real, real quickly, because we got a lot more text to read. I know this is a different sport, but when the Royals went all out to win their World Series, they traded almost their all of their best farm players to get Johnny Cueto, a pitcher, and Ben Zobrist, a uh, utility player. Okay, yeah, you won a World Series, but look at what's going on right now. Those players moved on. They were rentals for a couple of months just to help you win a World Series, and the Royals just lost 100 games, so... You know, sure, you got the championship, and obviously champion flags fly forever, but you have to, you know, win in 2016 and 2017 and 2018, 19, 20, and so on. Um, so you got to think of that, too. Yeah, you're right. Uh, short-term versus long-term, uh, you know, in the moment, it's easy to say short-term, but uh, you also got to do, you got you to make sure you're successful in the long run, too. Otherwise, y- everyone's job is going to be in jeopardy. So that yeah. is something to keep in mind. Though I gotta say, you know, while I absolutely hear you on that analogy, you know, it, it's not quite the same because, like, one, the Chiefs have shown willingness to spend money where the Royals don't. Uh, but then the other part is that you know, baseball is very, very different from football in that, like, in football oh, when sure, you've got the sure. quarterback, you know, then you've got the window open as long as you have said quarterback. Baseball, there's nothing quite like that. So, like, you know, I hear the analogy for those who are like sell out. You know, let's do it. You know, the way that the Royals did. I hear you, but. We can't pretend that this is apples to apples because it's not. Uh, from the seven six zero, this is also a long text. Uh, let me see if I can trim this down. Uh, I thought the score was closer than the game actually was. Lamar got lucky on a couple of lame duck throws. That's a good way to word that. Lame duck throws. I mean, um, I don't think they were lame ducks. They were just you know lucky. They the were defense, still well thrown footballs. The defense held him. Well under 20 yards. Wait, who's he talking about? I mean, the, maybe rushing? Okay. Did, did I mean, we I keep don't him know. under 20 yards rushing? I don't know. Uh, I'll look. Yeah, no, I'll look as well. Um, Andy Reid needs to keep his foot on the pedal at all times. Uh, he had 46 yards rushing, so I don't know exactly what the 20 yards well. means. Um, but anyway, I, I do agree. Reid needs to keep his foot on the pedal at all times. Maybe under uh, 200 yards? Because he threw for yeah, two sixty-seven, okay, so if you like, if you don't count those two, you know, fifty-fifty balls, then uh, you know maybe. that I could see. I don't know. Um, can't let uh, the score get close like that in other games. That could cost us. I agree with that. Defense will keep improving. I think definitely need another corner, but the corners did well outside of the lucky catch. Okay, so second texter in a row saying that you know quarterbacks did better than maybe some are uh, appreciating. Uh, he says offense will. Uh, offense is doing all of this without Tyreek playing. That's the scariest part. When he gets back, holy hat. He actually didn't say holy hat. I'm saying that. Uh, I'm, tr- I'm trying to PG this, Zach. But uh, the job, line bud. needs to protect. Proud of you. Yeah, thanks. Uh, the line needs to keep Mahomes uh, or protect Mahomes better. Uh, it will get better when injured players return. Mahomes is the MVP front runner. Lamar is not on his level. The comparisons should stop now. That is from Robert in California Preach. from the from the nine one five. Lisa and El Paso, Texas. We, we've got listeners everywhere, man. I love it. The Chiefs are doing good, but I feel we can do better as a team. We can't let the other teams get that close again. And again, you know, that's part of, you know, Andy Reid not being so conservative in the in the second half. Uh, you just got to be careful with that. Raiders could have easily came back. Thankfully, not the case. Ravens could have easily taken this game. Fortunately, not the case. Let's just hope the Chiefs have learned uh, from that in these uh, two games. From the 913, glad to see Mahomes get animated today a number of times, especially right before the half when Reed called a timeout. The offense was not doing their job and paying attention, and he was frustrated with Reed not letting him do his job. It shows not only he is ready and able to take control and lead his team, but that he has the fire inside at 24 years old. He just turned 24 years old on Tuesday, by the way. Uh, only his second season as a starter, third season in the NFL. His name is going to be, and in some cases, all, is going to be mentioned with the all-time greats. Hashtag Super Bowl. But people are writing hashtags on our text, by the way. I didn't um, know texting hashtags was a thing, but I'm here for it. Well, it's 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 now a thing. Final text from uh, Daniel in Florida, the 626. It was good seeing everyone on the offense be involved. 
However, giving up 203 rushing yards needs to be addressed this week in practice. Yeah, that's something we didn't mention. Uh, Ingram ran for 103 yards. Edwards ran for 53 yards. And Lamar Jackson got 46. So that is well over 200 yards. Um, But you know what? Lamar Jackson, you know, he wasn't very good in the passing game. Yeah, he had a couple of lucky throws. He found some open players as well in the second half. But he had more incompletions than completions in the first half, and that forced the, because the Chiefs had a big lead, that forced the uh, Baltimore Ravens to go pass-heavy in the second half, and given that Jackson was not doing good in the passing game uh, in the second half in this game, or in the game overall, that was bad news for them because it wasn't boating very well, and look, when you're down 17 in the fourth quarter, you gotta abandon the rushing attack, which is where the Ravens were thriving the most, and fortunately the Chiefs, that panned out well. Sure, they allowed a lot of rushing yards, but because of their big lead, they had to abandon that. If it was a close game, we could have seen a different result today. I agree. Though that said, you know, I stand by my comment earlier. I hate watching, you know, whenever it's whenever it's a goal line sort of stand, uh, and you watch your team get out toughed not once, not twice, but three freaking times. It's frustrating. Like, yeah, the defensive line, especially like the interior guys, yeah, you know, they got to take some more pride in that and be able to, you know get a couple more stuffs here and there because to let Ingram just you know, power through there three separate times yeah that was hard to watch but hey you're 3-0 and for the second week in a row everybody else in the AFC West has lost so life is good and you are one game away from being one fourth into the season we are already 25% or excuse, we're almost 25% into the season Zach that is hard to believe yeah, and I love the fact that we, you know, we're able to nitpick, you know, the, we're able to, you know, poke at the things that we'd like to see better, because that means obviously there's room to improve. Uh, but you know, like it or not, the results are still there, so it's been nice to see. Hey, look, there, there, there are some problems on this team, but you're winning, and it's easier to work on all of that when you're one of the best teams in the NFL right now. A few other three and teams out there, but that'll continue to trim down and we will we will see if the Chiefs can be the last team to lose a game or stay undefeated for that matter. All right, Zach, we will be back Thursday and we will do this again, previewing the Chiefs and the Lions game. Sounds good, man. Looking forward to it because, yeah, that Lions team, uh, yeah, they don't suck. No, definitely not. So it's going to be another challenge for the Kansas City Chiefs. A big thanks to all of you guys for downloading and listening to this episode. Thanks to everyone who joined me for the Facebook Live videos at halftime and after the game. And thank you to everyone who sent in a text message. Uh, never too late to get in on the conversation. Facebook.com slash Farzimasugian, at Farzim21 on Twitter, at ZStegenga on Twitter. Follow us, interact with us, talk to us, let us know if we're right, we're wrong, we're idiots. We are all here for that, so interact with us. We love the interactivity. Please continue to do that with us. 913-808-2119, the text line. I, pre- I prefer text over voicemails at this point. I really do. It's easier to do. So text in 913-808-2119. Subscribe, share the links for the podcast, share our posts on Facebook, retweet us, all of that. Uh, help us uh, get the show links out there. Helps the show grow as we are getting more and more listeners as the season goes along. So big thanks to everyone who has been helping spread the word about the podcast. And again, Chiefs Kingdom Flag Giveaway already going on right now. The last 2019 Flag Giveaway, it's on right now on Facebook and Twitter. And the 2016 Flag Giveaway is going on right... Or excuse me, it'll happen uh, Tuesday at 7 o'clock Central Time. Uh, that'll be an hour after the 2019 Flag has been given away. So... Uh, if you are listening to this on time, join in for the 2019 flag and then join in for the 2016 flag giveaways for this week. These are the last giveaways I'm doing for the season. So get in on that if you want to. Again, big thanks to all of you guys. Zach Segenga, Farzim Vasugian, thanks for listening. We will talk to you Thursday. We will preview the game between the Chiefs and the Lions. Take care.